0: where I was by the end of that was, was someone that just really didn't like myself when I was playing rugby I just said look my, my head's gone here I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in the right mental space to continue to play I couldn't understand why I had so much to prove when my rugby should have been doing the talk like the best thing that I've ever been introduced to was is therapy to be honest
1: Hey, hope you're keeping well. I'm Brian Moylet, former rugby player, now high-performance mindset coach, and welcome to the pod. This podcast is about well-being and high-performance, and in it, you will learn how you can be happier, more fulfilled, and more successful in what you're doing. I recently wrote the book on how you become a pro rugby player, Forward by Robbie Henshaw, which went to number one in the charts, and you can get this now on Amazon and Audible with the links in the show notes. Please connect with me now over on social media at Brian Moylet at Offfield Rugby and my website is offfieldrugby.com. If you enjoy the pod, please subscribe to it and leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening now. And also, you can send it on some friends. Would really appreciate that. All right, we'll get into today's episode. Cheers. Hey, over keeping well. I am with former Leinster rugby player, Irish under 20 international charlie rock cheers for jumping on
0: no problem uh brian thanks for having me uh yes it's it's a a pleasure to be on uh, on the podcast
1: cheers Uh, so chat to me about what you're up to now with my club 360
0: yeah so um currently on the the cio of of my club 360 um essentially it's a it's a it's a it's a software that's designed to optimize sports clubs performance um so essentially, we, we kind of uh, handle everything on the back end to, uh, to make kind of club admin very seamless. So everything from kind of managing member subscriptions, uh, being able to sort kind of fixtures, uh, player communication, and then the most important part, which is kind of the, the community, the kind of online community development of it. Um, and then, so that's kind of one side, which is kind of the member management. And then on the other side... Uh, we've also built um, a kind of a, a new revenue driving uh, system for for sports clubs that goes beyond the traditional methods of, of sponsorship so uh, kind of moving away from uh, well trying to move away from just names on jerseys and rattling buckets in your local supermarket to uh, be, being able to kind of drive uh, more consistent revenue uh, through our platform and um, so so yeah so that's uh that's kind of I suppose the elevator pitch uh, for for my club, three sixty, uh, we launched officially in March. It's been a long time coming. Uh, worked with a team on it, kind of in the in the for the last kind of year and a half. I think the the is kind of spurred mainly throughout COVID and kind of seeing the impact COVID had on different sports clubs around the world. Uh, so yeah, here we are, a couple of years down the line, and uh, yeah, things are going well.
1: Cool, I'm sure. So yeah, pretty busy startup. And
0: are you remote? Yeah, so I am remote. if I mean, uh, yeah, I am. I am from from London, um, but I'm kind of back to to Ireland very frequently. So I'm kind of flying back to Dublin, kind of say twice a month, um, at this stage. I think, that you know, obviously the. The plans for us is to kind of grow into the UK and the US as, as quickly as possible, uh, kind of crack the Irish market and then uh, go overseas. So it's a good good base for me uh, right now, particularly uh, as the appetite uh, among sports clubs in the UK continues to grow as well.
1: Cool, nice one. And so as we were chatting, I saw your post last week on LinkedIn, which I thought was class, and as well as the transition from playing to what you're doing now to working, but yeah, just looking at here, uh, the first line you are saying, it's been five years since I made the challenging decision to walk away from the one thing I believed I excelled at, and yeah, chat to me like, how was that? Because yeah, like you were, played at Leinster and Irish twenties and all that, and like you you did excel at it.
0: Yeah, I I think I, I think it was my own. I guess it was my own uh, social kind of identity capital, I'd call it, that I'd built up for myself from the age of 13 when I first started playing. Realised I was quite good at it, and then you go through the ages. You go through your Junior Cup and then kind of Senior Cup. Played in fourth year, fifth year and sixth year, so I was exposed to that kind of really early on. Obviously, I went to Black Rock, which was a massive rugby school. Um, So, yeah, that kind of forged my identity I knew I was very good at it so I was able to kind of build uh yeah I suppose that identity for myself and then carried that in uh, to the academy and then into the the Lancer team and then you know kind of with that obviously I played Irish um kind of 18s 19s 20s um all the way through so I think walking away from that was difficult because that's all I I felt I had ever known and it's all anyone thought that I could bring to the table um, so it was kind of one of those things where you're kind of walking away from this massive mountain, not massive mountain, but you're walking away from this stockpile of things you've tried to build for so long to then suddenly just you know walk out the door and kind of feel like you've got nothing behind you from kind of uh, what you've built. So that was that was a tricky decision to make.
1: And why why did you?
0: I think. I think I kind of fell out of love. I kind of fell out of love with, with the game. I think I'm I'm pretty, you know, for those who know me, I'm pretty big on affirmation. And obviously, in, in Ireland, you know, there's only four teams. Obviously, I was part of Leinster, which is you know arguably considered the best team in Ireland. And so I kind of felt like no matter what I did or tried, I could never kind of get to the next level. Um, And I think even, I think I kind of grew to resent, I grew to kind of resent the the game. I wasn't enjoying, I wasn't enjoying that challenge because I think when everyone sets about a challenge, they they do their utmost to try and achieve their goal. And then when you can't break through, you know, that, that kind of tends to kind of revert inward and you start asking yourself the questions why I think you know, my mental health probably took a bit of a toll by the end of it as well. And I kind of realized when that started to, to happen, I thought like I kind of needed to take a step back and kind of reevaluate if this is the path that I wanted to go down. Um, so it was, a, it was a culmination of things really um, that kind of made me uh, decide to, to part ways.
1: Yeah, so I hear you. So like you kind of, you're trying to crack it, so to speak. And then when it kind of wasn't happening you didn't feel like going elsewhere, or because, like you know, once you've played at Leinster, like you can kind of you can
0: go other places and get paid to play rugby, you know.
1: Yeah, and I always
0: thought that. I think you know, I for some reason I, I kind of always felt like I was I wouldn't say second choice, but I was an afterthought, uh, even in that kind of system. Uh, you know, I was the only one in my academy dressing room without an agent, and for someone that kind of. Had a lot of their their value attached to affirmation or through vote of confidence, whether it be from a coach or someone else. That was also something that was ringing in my mind. It was like, why? You know, not even an agent thinks I'm good enough to be able to partner with. Um, and you know, that's just you know, transparently, those were things that that I definitely went a little bit inward on. Um, and I think I kind of weighed it up. You know, I did have opportunities to to go elsewhere. Those conversations did happen. But I think I just had this kind of burning feeling inside me that I had more to offer outside the pitch than I did on it, despite all of that capital that I'd kind of uh, built up for myself. And then I think I knew with with some of those thoughts and my mental health, maybe not being in the best shape at that time, kind of just using that as the using that as the as the 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 kind of time to be like, right, okay, we've got to do something here, and that was. I suppose that just made it a little bit easier kind of having a clean uh, clean shop. I don't know where I would have been if I tried to make that work uh, when it was kind of felt like everything inside me it was kind of telling me to stop. Uh, so yeah, so I guess that's probably why.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I know exactly what you mean of like tying up your identity in it and like social capital and all the things you're saying and then you're... The mental health side, of it. yeah, I know what you know exactly. You're getting at. what? What was like? How did
0: you feel then towards the end? Like, what was going on? So I like, uh, like I think it like when I, when everything that you do, you obviously you, you're very you serve. You know, at that like being a, a professional rugby player, you know, people. It sounds very glamorous, but you actually serve. You know, you're serving the team and, and serving that or the the teams that you are a part of, like both in in AIL and and Ruby. rugby. You know, even so, your working week, but then it's also the weekends, which I think some people don't really kind of think about. Like there is that, there's really no word felt like there's no real off switch, um, and so I think that coupled with just you know, it's kind of like a an internal the, the internal thoughts just start eating away at you as to why you're not good enough when it's been your whole life. So like, why can't you not get to the next step? Why doesn't anyone want to give you a chance? You know, even after. What I would have thought were brilliant games, you know, it's you're not, you're still not getting to that level, and then you go into that area of comparison, so you start comparing yourself to other people on certain elements that maybe they're better at than you, and then I think it's it's just a bit of a downward spiral, really, from there. So, yeah, I, I think it kind of where I was by the end of that was was someone that just really didn't like myself when I was playing rugby, like I like really wasn't comfortable in my own head when I was playing rugby. There were certain times on the pitch like in that last season and it's something that I've obviously reflected on now but won a, an AIL uh with Lansdowne, uh in my last season which was an awesome achievement but my head was so my head was so far gone that like I I kicked the the ball out like, to win like I, we were down at half time I came on and you know, kind of changed the game and we, we came back and won it. And I kicked the ball out and I, I, I didn't have one ounce of care within me. There was people jumping all over me and I kind of just shrugged. And that's that's where my head was at after winning an AIL, which is actually, you know, on, on reflection, it's, it's disrespectful to all the people that wanted to win that medal. But I think it's just for me at the time, I wasn't thinking about anyone else. I was just thinking about, you know, this is meant to be a peak and that I... I I couldn't care about about what this is. Obviously, a, a coach and mentor then kind of picked me up on it the following week, and I just said, "Look, my my head's gone here. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in the right mental space to continue to play." Um. So I suppose, yeah. Sorry to to go back to your question. I think that's kind of where I was at. Finishing on arguably a, a peak it felt like a a trough when it shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, yeah, and. When was it like, so, you know, playing in school, Irish 18s, 19s, did you love it all, all the way along there? Yeah,
0: like I loved, I, I think school, I think was definitely the pinnacle for me because I think it was the only environment where I kind of knew I was trusted and that I was considered, you know, one of the better players. So I was trusted with making the right decisions. I was always you know, picked like I got picked in fourth year which in Black Rock was obviously a pretty big deal at the time Um and then you know came all the way through so I was picked you know there it was like getting picked and having that vote of confidence that you can make the right decisions and, and make the right plays and then I think as soon as I stepped out of that the doubts I think from wider coaches started to to creep in around me which just didn't do my game any favors because I knew I was someone that to get the best out of you kind of needed to make sure that you were always backing up and, and gassing up um so even like struggling like I struggled through I mean 18s was was fine because it was just after school um, but it, it kind of when it got to 19s I was brought into camp late 20s in my year I, I wasn't even considered for um, the the Six Nations squad um it was only it was only because I, I think there was a, a try I think I scored in the AIL for Belvo for against Terranir which was just one of these you know one of these better ones which was on against the head I don't know if you remember that show um but it was aired and I'm I'm looking at that being like well yeah that's that's just kind of what I do but I kind of felt like everyone was you know blown and then I get a call the next day being like I I saw that try and then I get brought into the camp and that's after the Six Nations. So then I go on to a trial again for the Irish Twenties World Cup and then ended up jumping two people ahead of me to get onto that plane. Um, So I always felt when I left school that I couldn't understand why I had so much to prove when my rugby should have been doing the talk. Um, So I think that's kind of where I, I think from the outset the doubt then started to creep in from going to the, you know, from winning a, a cup, a cup in rock as a captain to having all that experience to then not really figuring out why I needed to prove people wrong. Uh, you know, yeah, well, yeah that was basically, basically it. Yeah. hundred
1: percent. Yeah. And, um, yeah like not getting yeah that um environment and trust and like someone believing in you and valuing you is so 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 important like it's mm. borderline impossible to play if you don't have that and i've like I was on the edges of Ireland teams so like below you like i I remember yeah like going into a school's camp and I was there to the last cut, but just feel like an outsider, and it's like yeah just having to prove yourself and versus when you're in a team where you know the coach like just likes you and and even and you know likes as a person and gives you like you say that trust to express yourself and Mm. you know that's probably the kind of player that you are as well like yeah you have that and you can express yourself
0: yeah for sure and like i'm a a scrum half i'm i was always smaller than everybody else even when i did play professionally like i was you know, like I'm still a good 10 kilos lighter than the other nines that were in there. So like, I always knew that, you know, I I needed to have confidence. I needed to have chat because I like, you know, I I kind of used to let the skills pay the bills, I think is what I used to tell myself. And so I needed that confidence. If I lost that, then I would have had what I deemed, you know, nothing really in the artillery or or at least my main weapon of playmaking and being confident and, you know, doing that kind of thing um, and I think when that just slowly starts chipping away you start to ask yourself what value you're bringing to the table um, and then I think when you know when that happens over time it compounds and then you you kind of I suppose end up maybe where I was
1: yeah what do you think coaches could have done differently say you know when you're in 19 20 21, at that time what could coach done differently to which would have helped you just, you know, have a different path, we'll say, or things be different.
0: Yeah, like, I, I'm definitely not going to put it all on, on coaches. Like, I, I couldn't sit here in a camp and just be like, oh, you, you didn't pick me. So that's why I, I threw, threw the toys out of the pram and, and stopped playing. There was definitely stuff that I needed to be able to, to improve on. Like, intrinsically, I needed to be able to say, you know, you look at some of the best sports people in the world, and they go out, they, they have literally become great athletes because their mindset was about proving people wrong um and you've seen that throughout the history of time I didn't unfortunately I didn't have the intrinsic mental power to be able to do that and I can reflect in there and say that I I didn't so I I wouldn't say that it was the coaches specifically not picking me but I think well I you know I, I don't think if it was one coach or the other I think you know for there was coaches that definitely got the best out of me. And those were the coaches that were able to G me up and allow me to make decisions. And I think for me, it was just, I never felt that I got, I don't want to say that I never got given an opportunity because I did, but I always felt that it was, you know, regardless if I had a great game or or a shit game, I probably still you know, wouldn't be leaping the next guy because, you know, that position had already been predetermined. Um and that's just that's just how I felt, you know. Despite the games that I played, so I definitely wouldn't say that it was on the coaches to be able to change, you know, their approach with me. Uh, I think it was probably a mixture of of environment, uh, you know, what was was Lens to the right team for me. I don't know, you know, like I could have maybe I could have gone to a different province and then I would have been given more flexibility or more rain. Who knows, you know? It's it's just one of those one of those things uh, but I definitely don't look at it in a sense of you know not getting picked or blaming a coach for not being able to gee me up the right way I think the the onus is on on me as well as you know whoever is calling the shots and managing the players to be able to bring the best out of the team
1: yeah for sure and when you you mentioned like your mental health towards the end of it there and that's like 100 it must be so common as well for players like getting dropped and and being on the edge, and you know, not uncertainty, and because it's your whole life as well. Then, like, how was how that, or was there any support with that, or?
0: Yeah, there was. Like, you know, I think the uncertainty part is is the, the hardest part um because I think in the like it, when you're coming through, you're you're doing so much. Like, you're you're playing that full senior schedule in Lancer, but you're also playing for the AILs. So you're actually your output is actually greater. And I'm I'm actually happy to sit here on reflection now and look at some of the lads who are playing in the first fifteen. You do more as an academy player because you have to sub in for Irish camps. You have to play a full week, even if you've played eighty minutes on the weekend. You have to still show up uh, on the Monday and, and train the full day. So you know you do more um, from. So so I think that was taking its toll because I felt like I'd never. You know, you were never getting a. The kind of adequate space to even be able to process the thoughts that you know might have been might have been creeping in. Um, there was a, there was a, a lot of support uh, from my Rupa. They did a, a you know a great job. I was able to speak to the officer in there, uh, the player development officer, um, and it was the first time that you know we could. I I I guess things were moving at such a, a pace that I didn't even, I didn't even stop to think that something might have been wrong with my mental health because it never had been a. I think that I was just, I was just waking up every day, training going to sleep and doing it again and not clocking. It was only the moments that would have been highly, I'd say dramatic outside of that, um, that, you know, friends and family or family at least would have been like, geez, are you okay? Um, because, you know, it would have been things just would have just changed on a dime, um, which is probably not normal for the average person. So I think it was, you know, there was definitely a, there was definitely support. There, but it was only when I acknowledged that things actually were weren't you know too healthy upstairs um, that I kind of went and and, and sorted out towards the end.
1: Yeah, and how was how that process of you know getting better?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's like it's it was the like the best thing that I've ever been introduced to was is therapy. To be honest, like I think obviously that stigma for a long time and you're you know a, a lot of that came after like I talked about in the beginning about building up that identity and then when you lose all that it's like well okay then and it's very cliche but then it's kind of like who are you like well, what do you have um and so you know I think like discovering that um you know, towards the end of my career I think the, the proudest thing I was able to do is acknowledge that I wasn't like I wasn't doing too well mentally i think mentally in the case of just being like just a little bit all over the shop um and then i think but like i'm proud of myself to have the recognition to walk away from the thing that i knew was triggering that the most because i think most people would stay in what they're doing and say well i need to do this despite like my mental health will suffer because it's a job so i think yeah that on the one hand and then after that uh, being put in touch with you no know, therapists you know from the help of, of Irupa and things after that um, when I moved to Australia I started to see a therapist um, a lot more regularly and it just really helped me kind of for the first time I felt in my life actually sit there and process what was going on in my head instead of just waking up training uh, trying to get my degree uncertain if I was going to get a contract one foot in front of the next day after day after day.
1: Yeah, brilliant, and um, it's so interesting, I started going to a therapist about eight weeks ago, and it's, I never did, but I kind of, like when I finished playing, oh, like like you say, like my head was fried, like I, I hit rock bottom, was just drinking loads, doing drugs, my shoulder was fucked, like I couldn't, you know, I had to stop with an injury, kind of like I couldn't move my arm, and I was just like, yeah, hit rock bottom, man but yeah anyway I started like learning about all this different stuff mindfulness meditation all this kind of carry on but um yeah then even just yeah like a couple of months ago I was like oh, things are better than they've ever been but as you know think ah, oh, they could be even better and hearing different people speak about about that about therapy and I was like ah, oh, there's probably just one or two little areas of what you know a couple of areas I'm you know not 100% with and it's incredible yeah it's it's so so helpful to sit there and like you say just just talking, just unwind things
0: (laughs) no no for sure and you know definitely you know that having those conversations when I was a player probably wasn't encouraged enough because you know it you know the the narrative was if you're struggling go to somebody and then speak about it not before it has to get to that stage of being bad to then speak to somebody um you know like I don't think you need to have a problem you know even inwardly before going, it just actually helps you like you said you know articulate what's going on inside your head and how you're approaching certain situations mentally um even if you would consider yourself in in good mental health um so I I definitely agree with you there it's been life-changing for me really and something that I owe a lot to be able to have figured out the the new path that I've been able to go on I think since I stopped playing
1: cool yeah exactly it's it's something that you don't need to hit rock bottom to then get help and that's yeah exactly As like i said i was couldn't i'd never been better but i was just like i want to be even better you know and it's um it's so it's such good investment in yourself as well i think
0: massively massively and i would encourage anyone i mean anyone who, who listens to this i think it's I mean, particularly men, I guess it's always, you know, it is always something that's brought up. Like, I I just, I'm pretty passionate about you don't need a reason to go to therapy. I think even just being able to listen and articulate your thoughts out loud will put you in a better, more reflective spot to make better decisions going forward. If only someone had told me that while I was playing, then I would be able to, instead of bring just vehement aggression to the family dinner table, reflecting on my week i'd be able to actually talk about it in in more of a reflective uh and objective manner i think than what i did uh, so that's definitely something that i would uh have changed i think if anything where i would have liked to know
1: yeah 100 i know what you mean the aggression and then just look um the gym is great and all that and going for runs and i still go to the gym all the time but
0: uh mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's not the only way, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's more, there's more than just the traditional outlets that I think uh, people are aware of, I think.
1: Yeah. And how did you find it then, like say the year two, three after when you were coming, like I suppose coming to terms with it a bit or because obviously when you're growing up, it's, it's all you want to do and you get very close. And yeah, how was that?
0: Yeah, I, I wanted to run as far away from that identity as possible. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. I went through this, probably this kind of version of a breakup like you would with with a girl. Like I deleted any sort of social media photos that I had playing. I really wanted to shed that from me because I was pretty bullish in my approach. That you know, I was and like, not me moving to Australia to be like, I need to leave. I need to get out of here. There could have been a bit of that, definitely. But I just didn't want any new people to... That I met to rely on the fact that I had this behind me to to have a view on on who I was because I was so unsure in my own identity that I almost wanted to clean the slate and be like, right, you don't know me, you don't know anything about me. I wasn't, I didn't play for Lancer. Who, who am I? And to be able to build, you know, work colleagues, new friendships with people who didn't, you know, give a fuck whether or not I was a rugby player or not. Um, that was important for for me. Um, and so. I, yeah, honestly, Brian, like I ran so far away from, from that old life. I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't play any rugby union in Australia. I played a bit of, I played a bit of touch footy, which was nice because, you know, you get thrown in from a, you know, from a group of mates that kind of didn't really know what your skill set was. And then you jump in and everyone's like, wait, hang on, you know, like, this is, this is pretty good. (laughs) This is pretty good. Um, And so it's, it's nice to be able to remind yourself in those moments of like, you know, I actually was pretty good at that. I'm so much happier where I was. I think the big change for me was just it was like this weight that had been lifted off my shoulders in the years that I stopped because I didn't have this uh, pressure to live up to, you know, being this kind of uh, player, I I guess, Um, and being always on and, you know, asleep at this time and waking up and super disciplined. So I definitely became much more relaxed in myself, I would say.
1: Yeah, something interesting you say there, and and I've just been kind of thinking about it myself, or maybe going through it, or um, I know exactly what you mean as well. Getting a, getting rid of the identity and not wanting to be that, and I was the same. I was a, well, I went to America for rugby, but then I was in Vancouver, and yeah, just didn't want to have that. But I kind of nearly feel I blocked it out so much at times, and then only in recent times, very recently, would look back and go. Oh, I actually was good, or I, I would have even found it difficult for me to say that, or to even mm. think that. You know what I mean? And it's and that was negative, and it's it's even yeah, just something I think of now. Like no, like to look back somewhat fondly.
0: Yeah, that resonates so much. That resonates so much, uh, resonates so much. Uh, because if you think about it, how small that I suppose that 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 elite talent pool is in Ireland. It's probably the top, you know, one or two percent. But I think, you know, like, you know, it, can, it resonates a lot because you forget that, you know, that you actually were good until you start playing with, you know, quote unquote, the average Joe, And you're like, well, actually, I can do things that they can't do because I forgot that I was in that top top one or two percent. Um, and so those little reminders were great uh, or are great, you know, for, for anyone who's, who has stopped playing. But I think I kind of look back on those things kind of fond. You know, when I was playing, I'm like, that's nice to know that I still have some of those skills, but also to kind of kind of smile and go, I'm, I'm a lot happier being able to chuck the ball around with, you know, with, with some friends now. Um, knowing all the other stuff in my life has calmed down and I'm a lot more relaxed. Um, but you're right. It is, uh, it is something that, you know, you have those rare moments where you can reflect and actually appreciate the skills. Because there was a time for a long time where I just thought I was garbage uh, based on because I wasn't getting picked you know because I I just didn't intrinsically have that strength um, to be able to convince myself and look at myself in the mirror and say that I was good playing with the rest
1: yeah it's um, it's shocking I had the exact same that would have been like I'm useless or I was useless I wasn't good I wasn't Mm -hmm. good and then people like it's wild even then when I just went back playing in Vancouver and I was going to play with Canada. so I was like, Oh no, I wasn't good. And, and I don't know. It's just, it's just mad. It's, you find it very difficult to give yourself praise or, to, or I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but like to, to sit there and even just be like, yeah, I'm a good player. I don't know. I don't know what that is.
0: Yeah. I th- I th- it's definitely some sort of element of, um, I wouldn't call it perfectionism, but I think it's probably, you know, what we would have deemed not getting to that next step is is probably considered mm. a failure. So, like, I look at that and go, like, probably, you know, I, did I fail at becoming a pro rugby player? Probably. And so, I think it's natural. It's only natural. I think to, to like, to divert to that stance of like, just I wasn't great because it, it kind of protects yourself from that, you know, narrative. Of, well, actually, maybe you were pretty good, but you just don't want to go back and open that door, <laughs> open that door again. Uh, so that's certainly how I probably would have felt about it. Like, I wasn't the best of the best, so therefore, I wasn't good at all.
1: Mm, yeah, then, but when you look at it objectively, it's like it's the point,
0: it's probably the one percent. if you think of everyone yeah. who plays rugby. Yeah, no, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's so hard for you to get yourself into that mindset. And again, stepping away from rugby, had I been able to, you know, reflect in that mindset. Like you said in the beginning, there could have been a load, a whole host of other options that I could have taken maybe to continue playing and to get that confidence back. Um, but I, I definitely wasn't equipped well enough at the time. Um, I think you know, you know, at that time. So it's definitely not something I look back on with regret. I guess it's just the way, the way it goes and how the paths carve out.
1: Yeah, it's sometimes like I found was in my kind of late 20 i don't know 26 27 28 and i started realizing all this stuff and i was like geez if i knew this when i was 18 19 it was like wow (laughs) you know everything would have been different and you kind of get a bit annoyed but then i just like no i can't can't have just is what it
0: is hindsight is is it'll always do that to you i think won't it i think that's why uh, you know that's 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 why it's called that
1: hey brian here I work one-on-one with rugby players, helping them perform better on the field, enjoy it more and maximise their careers. If you feel like there's more in you and don't want to have regrets down the line, head over to offfieldrugby.com now and book a free 30-minute Zoom consultation, and the link is in the show notes. On the call, you talk to me about where you're at now, what you would like to achieve, and I'll show you how I can help you get there. You then go off and decide if you want to invest in yourself and move forward with the one-on-one coaching. For teams, I do mental skills sessions over Zoom. Players will have mindset shifts on the call, but also they'll get exercises to practice going forward. So it's like an S&C program, but for your mental strength. If you're a coach or manager of a team, you can book a free 30-minute Zoom consultation now as well on offfieldrugby.com. If you have any other questions, you can get in touch with me through my social media at Brian Moylet at Offfield Rugby or the website offfieldrugby.com. All right. Cheers. We'll get back into today's episode. What was it like going to Australia then getting out of, um, yeah, getting out of the, I suppose, fishbowl?
0: It was it was amazing. It was by far the best decision I've ever made. I think because, as you described, it is it is quite literally a fishbowl. Um, you know, in in Dublin, South Dublin rugby, South Dublin in the sense of playing within Leinster, and you know, having most of the teams even in the Al for the year I was there, kind of winning and stuff like that. Um, it was amazing to feel. It was amazing to feel that I'd kind of fallen off the face of the earth for a while without, without it getting too dark. It was nice to kind of just go into kind of complete anonymity, I guess, in in that respect. Uh, no one really knows who you are. You know, I didn't really know too many people out there. So, I, again, I had to kind of, it was very much like I threw myself off the deep end. It's like, go on, you know, go and make friends, but you're not allowed to make friends without a rugby ball in your hand. And like, even if as a kid, that's, you know. looking at the Leinster games at age eight used to go out to the back of Donnybrook and play tip. And that's how you'd make mates. So, you know, that was actually the first time where I had to try and figure out who I was, what I liked and what kind of person I was and what kind of person I wanted to attract in my life without this rugby, you know, with this rugby backing again, this capital that I had built. So that was, that was amazing. And then I think being so far away from that old reality helped me take the space to be able to reflect on what life was like, I guess, in that fishbowl. Which I think it kind of, you know, when you gain perspective, you gain a kind of a sense of objectivity that you're able to kind of view things with, you know, a little bit more clarity. So taking that space was was amazing. I love, I love Australia; it's very suited. So I was in Sydney; it's very suited to myself, my personality. My lifestyle like the, the kind of person I you know uh, the kind of environment that you know, I think I would really enjoy and um, so it was the perfect kind of um, next step for me didn't come without its challenges naturally but all of those new things like finding a house trying to look for a real job like all of that kind of stuff uh, but that was just amazing for it's exactly what I needed I think to, to kick myself into the real world
1: mm, and yeah it's interesting there you say like meeting people outside of rugby and have never done that know exactly what you mean it's uh and then kind of like finding your identity or like who who am i
0: yeah yeah well again like you know fishbowl is uh, like a again like from being in in black rock and then all the way through like rugby was pretty much most most of my friends you know all the way through it was all who i was it was what i connected with people with even in social occasions i'd go to rugby matches so yeah i think yeah it's it was uh you know, and and to be able to do that in Sydney. So there was games that I used to go to but I used to like going to them because nobody knew that you know, I used to play rugby. So like I kind of like it was nice because you kind of there's no I don't know, there's no comparison, I think. Like I wasn't watching the game being like, Oh, that scrum half has just thrown two passes on the floor. I couldn't give a shit now. <laughs> I was like watching it being like, Oh damn, it's actually a really good game. And that's the difference, like, for me. Uh, on reflecting on on that stuff, uh, so so
1: yeah, yeah, good stuff. Do you still do you watch it now?
0: Yeah, I, I love it. Like it, things have come full circle. I think I'll always be a fan. Yeah, I think I just needed the space to be able to enjoy and appreciate the game uh, again. You know, it it was a, a love that became a job that became you know too deep of a black spot in my mental state, and then being able to rewind, reflect. You know, I still have a lot of close friends that are, are playing. I couldn't be prouder of them to have been able to get to the, the top levels because I know the challenges that are involved to get there. So again, you know, maybe there was an element of jealousy or why in comparisons, like why am why I at that level? I'm very proud to be their friend now because I know what they've had to endure and the sacrifices that they've had to make to, to get to that level. So when I watch them, it's almost like unlocking a whole new level of pride because of what they've been able to achieve, um, so I, you know, I love it. Uh, you know, again, it's something that bonds myself, and my old man. I think it always will, and um, so I, you know, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy it just as much as the next rugby fan. I just, I like having a Guinness in my hand and not be puking in the change room before. It's probably the thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> puking after after the the, the watching the match and the few Guinness instead of before the game. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and did you get um? Did you were did you get that before games? That anxious, yeah. yeah, I
0: used, yeah like I, I was naturally an anxious person. Person, I think that's what uh, drove some of the darker thoughts. Like I think you know, I was I was highly anxious. I was perfectionistic. I mean, again, these are things I can reflect on now after having conversations and in, in therapy. I know exactly who I was, what I am. Um, you know, highly anxious, perfectionistic. Um. Not comfortable in in uncertainty whatsoever, Um so you know, and and you know things have evolved now. I still, would still say that those there's there's going to be things in life that are prevalent than others. I've done a lot of work at trying to to be better in those situations, um, but yeah, definitely before the game, I was like couldn't eat. Would just try and stuff myself the day before because I just couldn't eat anything on the day uh, of a game. I just would overthink everything to the point where. Sometimes it would freeze me out in the big occasions. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that was the kind of. Uh, I mean, most of the time when you get on the pitch, those kind of things fade away. But there was, uh, I was a bit of a monkey mind, I would say, before the game, before the game's kicked off.
1: Mm. What What do you do nowadays to like just help you be your best self?
0: Um, I think there's a few things. Like, I I know I know who I am when I'm at my happiest. Um, and I think that's the, I think that's the fundamental thing because everyone's gonna have ruts. I think everyone, you know, there's gonna be shit days, shit weeks, and um, but I know exactly what I like, what my pillars are to be at my happiest, to be able to function. Um, so like now, you know, for for me, my my main, I mean, I, they sound very cliche, but they just they just are. Um, in terms of that uh, of the kind of you know pillars of you know of, of uh, I wouldn't say esteem but just being able to just just live you know happily I think I like I need a good diet and I need to exercise every day I think those are two things I know for myself that I need if I'm doing those things I'm two of you know a couple of pillars that are, are functioning that I'm going to be a lot happier than, than others um, and then I think sleep is the big one for me so it's massively important for me like I can so like you know you're like now particularly in a startup you can be working all these mad hours just because something happens or you think of something you're like shit I need to change that but I always prioritize my sleep now as much as possible and so a big thing for me that I've learned recently is I normally get up at 6am and then I like doing an early morning workout and going but if I don't have enough sleep I've worked very hard to not get into a space of a guilty consciousness for Stopping the alarm and taking the extra hour to make sure that I'm functioning better. So before I would have been like, you know, you're a lazy bollocks. It's your fault you didn't sleep well. Get up and go to the gym. Now I'm like, well, actually, I know that's not going to serve me. We'll just have to squeeze in the gym later. That's going to be a sacrifice that you're going to have to make. Um, so those are things that that I know for me uh, keeps me I wouldn't, yeah happy. Or it, it, those are the pillars that surround me
1: in a good mental frame yeah i'm at the exact same and it's it's cool then isn't it understanding and learning like <laughs> these things
0: help me have good days yeah yeah it's amazing it's amazing and when you have the clarity i mean again when you when you put it back to leinster you, you know and i reflect i was training every day so i was exercising every day i was eating very well but i was grossly unhappy so I'm like, you know, now, like, how has that evolved? Because, you know, if someone's listening to this, they're like, well, you were doing all that in Leinster. So how has, you know, you know, where's that changed? I think the difference is I, I know I'm doing it because it serves me, not because it serves somebody else. Um, you know, I'm not exercising for somebody else or I'm not eating well for playing on a team. I'm doing it for myself. And it's, it's instead of it becoming affirmation, coach chooses you. It's coming from intrinsically within me for myself because I want to pick myself for my own team. Um, and that's the, I think that's the shift. That's the, the kind of, the balance shift there.
1: Yeah. And so you mean by affirmation in that, like if you get picked, you're good. If you don't get picked, you're bad.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like. The self-worth. Like, yeah, the self-worth I think was is the main thing because, you know, in rugby, you rely on, somebody's opinion of you which would often dictate how your career goes most of the time Um, and now it obviously is coming into mental and and stuff but yeah I think for yeah for for me it was trying to develop the the kind of intrinsic resistance of actually you know what you can go out and achieve this and you can do this uh, for yourself
1: yeah 100% and it's something 100% a hundred percent. I know exactly what you're saying. That was me too. Um, when rugby was going well, I was you know so good within myself. But like I remember, even not making that Irish under-18 team, just been down the dumps for two months. You know, and and mm. just being like, I'm useless, worthless. Um, may as well quit. All this kind of stuff. And what I've learned now is that you have to detach from everything from all success so you can't get high on any success and I have to just bring awareness to that because if if you get high on the success you're going to it's going to drag you down when ultimately of course things don't work out and you fail because that's part of life and whatever you do it's just something you do like you you know whether it be playing rugby whether if you're I don't know, working a job, whether you're doing something creatively, it's just something you do. It's not who you are. And you just express yourself and then whatever you have to let go of the outcomes.
0: Mm. No, for sure. And I think that helps with definitely from like what you said there, it definitely helps with regards to that uncertainty. So obviously you didn't get picked at that time. So, you know, probably a lot of that for you was probably being uncertain again, being great at rugby, but not getting picked for the thing that you thought you should be where does that leave you mentally and kind of, you know, how uncertain are you going to be within yourself? Then I think the best bit of advice that kind of helped me shift the mental dial or to be able to G myself up internally was, was actually looking at anytime something shit happens or, you know, there's a, you know, you don't get the rub of the green or, you know, it's it, something is challenging in front of you. It's kind of like knowing you'll be a better man after the challenge more so than having that like victory in that sense so you know i am where i am now because i've had to go through all of that sh- shit and i'm glad i had to be able to do that because i can sit here and be able to reflect on it and uh, so i think now my approach is when those things come it's like actually do you know what like let's have you because i know tomorrow i'm gonna wake up a better i'm gonna be a better lad because of it because whatever it is gonna be you're gonna test me today and i'm gonna be stronger for tomorrow and that that little shift even help me grow my intrinsic mindset massively. So it went from a stage of being like, oh, you know, I'm not picked or, you know, this sucks. Why is it happening to me? To actually, do you know what? This is actually better because I have to go through this when the guy above me doesn't, uh, which is ultimately going to make me more resilient in the long term.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what you're saying there is like uh, growth mindset is just mm. kind of borderline the definition of growth mindset. Mm. And, uh, I, I saw that too as well and uh, now very similarly when it's funny when shit's happening or when things aren't going well I kind of try and bring awareness to it in the moment and then I'm like well fuck here we are Jeez, this is shit gotta <laughs> you yeah. know this is the challenge I'm being challenged here we go all right fuck
0: yeah I mean it's amazing as you said to be able to to sit in that and just objectively call out the thought like as you said to say actually you know, here we are, you know, without reacting or without having, you know, like coming at that with a le- very level headed opinion by being like, well, this is a situation instead of just diverting into one emotion. So it's cool that, you know, you've, you've said that because I think that's that's hugely beneficial to be able to just say, like, OK, here's the situation before. You know, how do we you know, how do we want to react to this before just reacting to it blindly? Um, so it's definitely yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. So that's a cool thing. or It's a great thing to be able to do when times get tough. Hmm. And what workouts do you do now when in the morning? What do you get up to? So yeah, I'm, I'm running. I'm I'm kind of on a, a running and lifting split. Um, so I've been doing a couple of half marathons recently, which has been great. I'm um, trying to build myself up to a full one. I'm also on the bike while trying to get back on the bike um a little bit more so i'm kind of at that phase now where i've kind of had five years of being able to do whatever the hell i want and now i'm kind of like i need to get out of my comfort zone a little bit and train for something have a little bit more discipline when there was once a time where i would have loved to have got away from as much discipline as possible now it's coming back in the cycle again where i want to train that and achieve something so i'm kind of in that spot now so i've signed up um to marathon so i'll do paris next year um one of my buddies is running uh, all around ireland so i kind of hope hopefully we'll be able to join him and support him on some of his routes so yeah i think i'm i've entered that mindset now where i'm like yeah let's let's go and challenge yourself and your mindset again to try and achieve something because it's been uh, it's been a while
1: <laughs> yeah cool cool and um yeah it's interesting isn't it it kind of you you kind of feel there's more. You go through, like you say, you go through a, a process of finding out what helps you be the best you and then you're like, oh, there's more. I, I can get more here. And it's it's that, you know, we know it from playing rugby what it is. Like, you, you know firsthand, it's black and white. There's no question. You know exactly
0: what that feeling is and then you're like, oh, let's go for it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I don't think that kind of compared, like, I don't think we would have even been able to play played at the levels we played at uh, without having that kind of gritty determination, willingness to want to win, <laughs> so I don't think I don't think that's that's going to be the case for anyone that's played any sort of high level sport or sport in general. But I know something that's that's for me. It's probably like an additional pillar. It's like if something's not testing me, then I will start to get frustrated and bored, and then you start to kind of go. Yeah, oh, you know, it's kind of like that purpose led element of 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 driving your your everyday. So I definitely agree with you there.
1: Yeah, it's another part of self worth in that you need to be being challenged. You know, I think you mentioned earlier comfort zone, and yeah, you need to be being challenged. Simple as like when when everything's so easy and you're in that comfort zone, you just it feels nice, but you just like you're just like um oh, I'm, I'm being far less than I could
0: be. No, hundred percent. I think like yeah, we we touched on growth mindset earlier. I think at times you have to acknowledge that being in a comfort comfort zone is is good it's like there's a reason why there's checkpoints playing certain game consoles right like you need to be able to have that checkpoint to just relax for a bit Mm. because you've just come through level one two and three so just park yourself on this hill like you look at any major accomplishment there's always base camp so it's like setting up those base camps and allowing yourself the comfort there so long as you don't stay in base camp too long. And so I think that's, again, something that I've kind of tried to approach in that way. It's like to always try and look towards the next challenge, kind of accept that you've where you've come, the challenges you've got, you give yourself the break and then, and then go again. Uh, And I think if you do that, then you're just constantly challenging yourself to become a better person. So I I don't think, and then I think like, like, as you said, then that starts to build purpose because you're getting up every day, wanting to challenge yourself to achieve the best version of you.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. a brilliant point you make. Absolutely, and it's um, yeah. You 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 climb a mountain, and you you yeah, take a moment, and then get, set yourself up for the next mountain.
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and what advice would you give, say, your younger self, maybe nineteen years old, twenty years old, who is kind of Moving towards that time from loving it to starting to, not love it.
0: I I think, honest, honestly, I th- I think that that life is life is bigger than there's there's more important things to life than rugby, and I think that because of the uncertainty, and I, like I don't blame my nineteen year old self for for being in that because that was a life for me. That's all I ever knew life to be. But you know, th- when you get older, you start to appreciate the things around you so i think having that appreciation or gratitude for your every day kind of frees you you know would have freed myself up a little bit to be like actually do you know what it actually is okay if i threw a pass on the ground I and mean, sexton might not have been happy in training but it happened um you know, I'm, you know i'm not dead i'm healthy i've got a lovely loving family and again all the stuff people would hear sounds very cliche but actually it puts you into a, a phase of perspective so i think that's the kind of advice i would give to myself I think is you know that there's bigger things there's bigger things than rugby almost I would never have been able to do that but if I was to drag myself up like above the universe and to be able to show you how big like what that fishbowl looks like and all those other opportunities um that's another piece of advice that I would have been able to to have uh, to give is that you know that there is life is, is bigger than rugby and rugby is bigger than Leinster Rugby
1: yeah brilliant yeah yeah and um yeah and that then that's just come back to it but that self-worth like you it's very difficult to if someone would say to you like your rugby doesn't matter it's not who you are you know what I mean like at 19 you know back then yeah. if someone would say to me at that age it's it, I would, don't think I'd be able to conceptually understand it. They'd need to be very good at explaining it, you know, because yeah. that was all I was.
0: Yeah. Or, or they'd need to drive a pretty good argument as to why everything else is more important, <laughs> you know, like because uh, I think even in that stage, you're like, oh, well, obviously I've got my family and I've got all this kind of stuff. Obviously, I've always had that, you know. <laughs> Um, so there's those things. I think as you get older, you start to put into perspective about you know what levels of importance are or what. And I think when you get out into the real world and you start working in a you know a job that's outside of sport, you kind of you can sit back with the reflection that you know rugby actually is a job. You know, and if if somebody wasn't really liking their job at the time, most people leave and they go somewhere else. Um, and so I think yeah, I think having that perspective is key. But again, we spoke about hindsight earlier. And I think if you're to live in in hindsight, you're gonna have a pretty uh have a pretty bad time. with so, yeah, I think fundamentally, from an advice perspective, I I think trying or at least trying to be grateful for for what you do have instead of always trying to compare what you don't, um, I think would be, uh, would be the best piece of advice I'd give to myself.
1: A hundred percent unreal. And gratitude is something that is just so powerful isn't it mm.
0: incredibly yeah incredibly so i think it it's obviously you know for anyone who listening to us who does meditation if you've done it or you now I've, I've done it's something that i'm kind of pretty consistent with at the moment but obviously all centers around that it's just such a way to change your perspective. Like you can change your mood in a, in an instant because you realize actually, mm. you know, how how lucky we are for the certain things that we have against. And again, comparing yourself to others who wish they'd be like you. So it's, you know, that certainly helps me keep my feet in the ground.
1: Yeah. Do you, you meditate?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. Again, I've, I, I'd only really discovered it you know when things weren't going well again that's something that I wish I kind of knew or or at least was had less of an ego to to want to explore when I was maybe feeling at my best um and so I think that's probably yeah I mean I I you know I'll probably do 5 minutes minimum a day and then on the weekends I'll try and get a little bit more in like maybe if it's like 15 minutes started massively when I was in Australia I think being in that environment really helped uh so it's just being on the coast you know where, you are know, being in good weather in nature like you're kind of forcing yourself you've got way more time on your own so you're like how am I gonna fill this time and then since then I've just made it a habit and I kind of I don't think I'd be able to do life without it again I think going back to pillars I think if I dropped off that I think I'd again you'd realize you know that that's actually something that you need to keep up in order to stay on top of uh, your feelings so yeah it's a big it's a big one for me it's something that i i find very important i'm going to encourage anyone to to try
1: yeah two th- two brilliant things there um 100 percent for me too i don't think life would be nearly too difficult for me if i didn't meditate mm. um like it'd be so chat it'd be ch- so chat so difficult and like that yeah i do it every morning like i say f- yeah five to fifteen minutes or whatever you know if i've t- whatever time i have and uh and then sometimes we throughout today just pause for a moment, but also it's funny you said, um the ego, like when you're younger, when I was younger as well, like so I you know heard of it like that stupid shit, whatever, like or, yeah, you know, because uh, yeah. you're all about push, you're all like you say aggression, anger, like push, 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 and the thought of stopping slowing down like you would feel I would have felt it was soft,
0: yeah, well, I think that's the perception that everyone had myself included being like. You know, who's this yogi bear doing that? Like it definitely doesn't mean anything. But then you you do the research and realize that it actually is. It's yeah, it's it's a lot deeper than that. And I think if it's in a case of you know you go to the gym every day for your your physical, it's kind of like going to the gym five minutes a day for your mental. Your mental is the thing that's gonna always outlast your physical. The older you get, so I think that's the big thing. Again, you hear those certain phrases that come up that helped shift your dial, but like, they're right. Like you look at some of the older people, you know, for example, like my, my, my granny's in her nineties. She's, she's incredibly sharp up top and obviously, you know, not as mobile as she once was, but incredibly sharp up top used to do, you know, 20 Sudokus a day with the crosswords. And, you know, and that's just from like, you know, mind gym, obviously it's not meditation, Mm. but it's from actually working, you know working the mind i was reading something recently with all the the quick access to everything that we have obviously our brains are becoming lazier because we're getting information quicker um and so that that quickness of which we can get things meditation slows all that down because it allows you to be more introspective about your thoughts and um, so you're actually training your brain like as as, as we spoke Right. so i view that obviously in equal importance because it is it's the strongest muscle that you have really in your body um so I'm again with you there. I couldn't I don't think I could uh, I don't think I could function very well if I didn't have it in my life.
1: Yeah. And uh so interesting to say that, yeah, about um how we've everything at our fingertips and yeah, something I've tried to do oh, the last year or two is, you know when you get the urge to take out your phone like every five seconds is to resist that urge. And that's probably stemmed from meditation, um, from me meditating. But like you're resisting that urge and embracing boredom essentially.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I, 100%. I think trying to find bliss in the mundane is I think, the, you know, the ultimate the kind of happiness hack when you're kind of enjoying just the boredom, you know when you're like actually really happy with my own head and where i'm at uh, I, i'm definitely guilty like i did a lot of work uh you know in a previous role on social media and digital media advertising so i spent a lot of time on that and um, so that can be a naturally that can be a, a habit for me to kind of always be on um but you know, little things like charging my phone outside of my room or away from my mm-hmm. my bed even makes the slightest difference, which improves sleep, which then you know has a knock on effect. And um, so, I definitely hear you there.
1: Yeah, and how do you think the World Cup will go?
0: I think really well. I mean, it, I went to Japan, so I was that was my first year after I stopped playing, and uh, or a year, almost a full year after I'd stopped. Um, mm-hmm. And that was amazing. Like, that was the most amazing experience. I was at the Japan game and and they lost. And that was insane. Like, that was, it was, it was quality. I feel like this is different, you know, of like, I'm quite, you know, I'm good friends with some of the guys. I was at a couple of their weddings the last couple of weeks. And the mood, I think, amongst the lads there, it's like a a quiet confidence, which I don't think we've seen before. And then just being able to back up a lot of results. I'm excited. I mean, the World Cup is amazing. I think this is probably the only World Cup where there are so many teams that can win it. Normally, you look at it and something, yeah, it's maybe two, maybe three. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the World Cup as a rugby fan. But I, uh, I just love a good performance from from Ireland. I think, I think they will. I think this is kind of like the time now where they, if you look at all the junior, like the twenties guys who have been in finals who have won twenties finals like that dial has started to turn. So I kind of feel like that winning mentality is kind of ringing through the squad. I hope anyway. I definitely don't want to go too deep on it. But that's, uh, I hope. Yeah. What about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we potentially have New Zealand in a quarter final. Who is it? New Zealand or someone else in a quarter?
0: Mm. I, I, I think he's New on Zealand. Our... Our side of the the New Zealand or France, New Zealand or France, France. In the yeah, that's who France. it
1: is. And so I kind of like for sure the last two years have just been like, wow, like they've just they're so impressive. Like they really are so impressive Um, how they do it, the, this Irish team. And but then I was like looking at, oh, that quarterfinal, you know, what well, we've never got past that. Essentially a mental block it is in the Irish in the Irish rugby Psyche because we should have got past it many times, but we never do, and that's just gonna be monumental that game. So I think we will win that quarter final.
0: Yeah, I think I agree, and I think that quarterfinal is gonna be the same as when we beat the ABs for the first time. Yeah, and I think it's like we do it once, and it's like, oh shit, we're on here now, like we can definitely do it. Because as soon as we beat them once, like you've looked at what's happened against the, i mean we're what are we like five and one or something from like the last six meetings or something ridiculous so it's like that little mindset but i do feel i feel really good about this world cup that i think that's going to be the, the deciding factor where it's like like not that there's a curse but it's like we can do it and we can we can advance um, and you know whether we win it or not i think to just get that monkey off the back i think sets ourselves up you know I would absolutely love if we go to the final. I'll probably be out in the piss for a month after if we do. Um, but even if we don't, even if we get to a final, or you know, or you know, I think with the the depth of the Irish squads coming through internationally, I think the next World Cup then it would we'd you know would rule out any day for me. I'd be like, I think this is it. So I do feel like. Whether we win it or not, I think this is the World Cup where we make a giant step in the history of Ireland in World Cups. Is kind of my prediction. Mm, I
1: Who like knows? That, yeah, and, and yeah, we win. You know, we can win, win that quarterfinal, and not to be not to be, you know, being too arrogant about the group. It's a very hard group, but um, you know, if when we win that quarterfinal, then it can go two ways. It can go the way of was it England when they beat the All Blacks and then that was their final pinnacle yeah and yeah pinnacle and then because the emotional energy it'll take but then it can also and I think this Irish team they're just different like they'll the way yeah they just keep going raising levels that yeah hopefully they win that and then it's a catalyst to kick on and go even further
0: I yeah, I think, I, uh, I, I I like I like seeing all the comments yeah. online because I think everyone wants to see Ireland win, which is nice. Like, it's nice to be in a team where people are like, actually, this is a team that I'd love to see come through and prevail. And so I kind of just feel with all the fibers in me that this could be it. But let's wait and see. It's uh, like you said, it's a tricky side of the draw to come out of, but uh, I'm excited for it. I think it's just such a good time to be a rugby fan this time. You know, and the build up, you know, seeing people coming in and out of squads, knowing the the performances haven't even dipped. So I know we're playing in England and stuff, and I mean, if you remember the last World Cup, we got hosed just before the World Cup, I think. So, but I, I still feel like it's different now. Like I feel like the mindset's different. So I'm excited for it, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the lads can can do us uh, proud out there.
1: Yeah, I was at that game in Twickenham when England okay. beat us by fifty, 50 and it yeah, was like, yeah. like you say, it was kind of like, oh, we had been world number one, and then it was like, oh, 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 yeah, oh, it's it like it's like of, everybody yeah. knew. I think everybody
0: knew. It was like, okay, we're not world number one. We're definitely not number. One. So yeah,
1: yeah. Well, hey, Charles, thanks a million for your time. Cheers for chatting. Uh, been on real.
0: No, thanks a million for having me. It's been a it's been a pleasure to to catch up, and thanks for giving me the yeah, I suppose the the platform and space to be able to to chat with you today.
1: Cheers for listening into the pod today. If you're new to the pod, welcome. Be sure to check out some earlier episodes and subscribe wherever you're listening so that you get the new episodes when they're released. In my mid-twenties, I began studying the mind and that led me to playing the best rugby in my life and enjoying it so much all the time, like regardless of results. Whereas when I was younger, there were highs and lows and it felt uncertain, like I was on a roller coaster. But then when I began developing and harnessing my mind, it felt like I'd absolutely cracked the code. Now I work one-on-one with players and yes, I help you overcome challenges and we do mental skills work so that you can consistently perform at your peak but I also help you expand your mind and grow as a person. You know the way you often feel like you have more in you, you have more to express, you have more to bring, and it kind of gets frustrating when, yes, you're getting some results, but you know you have more inside you. I help you bring that out. Every single player that I've worked with, one-on-one for over 12 months, has made a team that they didn't think they could make in that time and or signed a new increase contract that way more than covered the investment that they made in themselves for the one-on-one coaching. If you're a player or coach and would like to learn more, head over to offfieldrugby.com now and book your free 30-minute Zoom consultation with me. Through this podcast, I want to help millions of people live happier, more fulfilled and more successful lives because I absolutely know that it's possible. If you want to be an absolute legend now and help me out, there's three things you can do. First is to share the pod. You can send it on some friends, share it on social media and simply just tell people about it. Second, you can leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening now. On Apple Podcasts, when you click into the pod, you can scroll down and there's an option to leave a review and up to a five-star rating. And on Spotify, when you click into the pod, on the left-hand side, you'll see a little star. You can click on that and then leave up to a five-star rating again. And third thing, lastly, just make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening. Those three things, sharing the pod, leaving a rating and a review, and subscribing really, really help the podcast grow. Helps us help more people, so thank you so, so much. Please connect with me over on social media. Instagram is at Brian Moylet, at Offfield Rugby. LinkedIn is Brian Moylet, and any thoughts, questions, feedback, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. Thanks a mil for listening today. I really, really appreciate it. Be good to yourself, get after it, and I will see you next week. Cheers.